Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wednesday, June 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Paul, if uh, if yesterday we were excited because, uh, you know, it looked like baseball was coming back, uh, I guess today, this morning, uh, after last night, uh, it's 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 full full steam ahead, all systems go. Uh, this is this is it. The, the the statement was released by Major League Baseball, 60-game schedule. And now all we're all we're waiting on is uh, for the players association to approve the the schedule that was sent to them by the league, and and we'll know where and when games are going to be for these teams. Yeah, it's uh, it's on now, Joe. The only thing we've got to worry about is the virus, and uh, who knows where that's lurking. But uh, but yeah, let's go sixty games, the sixty game sprint. That that the the virus that seems to be the one thing that everybody's forgetting in all of this sort of excitement <laughs> about the. Uh, the the announcement and everything is yeah the virus is still out there and yeah we've still got to go through all these protocols but uh, i guess the the league and the players association yesterday came to an agreement on uh that it used to be a 67 page uh document of of health protocols now it's up to like 100 pages of of you know rules and regulations and we can go through a, a whole bunch of that's i think that's what we're going to spend the majority of the time today going through some of these rules changes and, and what's really going to be different about the 2020 season other than the fact that it's 60 games instead of 162. Uh, let's, you know, just for the, to start with the idea that pitchers and catchers are going to report to uh, a, a second training camp for these guys. I'm, I'm not calling it a spring training anymore because we're in the middle of summer. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm calling it training camp, but uh, teams are going to be allowed to invite 60 players to big league camp. Uh, with those players eligible to play during the season, so anybody uh, among that 60 they can that they're going to invite, uh, but they have to submit that list by uh, by this Sunday at noon. So we're going to find out who the Indians are going to have in camp, you know, at some point before that that Sunday deadline, and they'll have yep. the ability to send up to 20 players who are not from the 40-man roster to an alternate site, so someplace like a minor league stadium around here to 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 train. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, we we'll have to see, you know, probably be a lot of the same uh, cast of characters that came to camp in February, what, February 11th or 12th when they opened camp originally. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, Joe, 
if they bring any of the prospects up, you know, wh- wh- do they play? Do, are they in this pool of players? Right. A, a guy like a Daniel Johnson is an interesting uh, story because, like, he would be a guy who, you, in, in a situation like this, you would think they might not want to start the clock on him and, and give him major league service time in order to sort of hold him for uh, a, another year of control. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think these are unusual circumstances. And uh, if you get uh, an injury or there's somebody not performing well, I don't think you can wait too long. You know, you can't wait. You can't give a guy 30 games to get to get uh, to get a swing down swing groove. You know, you've got to if you're if you're trying to win this thing or trying to get into the postseason, uh, you know, you're going to have to make some moves and you're going to have to have some talent available. Uh, the designated hitter rule will be used in both leagues for this season. It's part of the league's health and safety protocols, but it was not negotiated as part of a deal with the Players Association, so we there's no guarantee that we'll see it in 2021 as well, but uh, we'll definitely see it for these, these 60 games of the regular season and the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. It's exciting. I, I like the the idea that we're baseball, even in the shortest season in history, is playing under one set of rules. Imagine that, Joe. What what do they say? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention, something like that. Frank it, Zappa maybe said that. I'm not sure, but it, uh, it only took a global pandemic to get the <laughs> the National League to adopt the, uh, the the designated hitter rule. I guess. And I, I, I bet, you know, what are, what are the odds that, you know, we see the DH next year, it just becomes universal. I, I don't know. I, I still think that's, that's a possibility. I, I think it's more likely a, a, a certainty after the 2021 season when it could be negotiated into the collective bargaining agreement. But uh, I don't know. At this point, it would take a, a, an agreement by the, the league and the players association in order to do that. So, yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah. That's probably the way these two get along. is probably <laughs> out of bounds, but uh, I, I read something that said that, that the, the, it's, there's a possibility the postseason could still be expanded, you know, but I don't know if that, I, I don't see how that's true. I, I don't know. how you as, could. as things stand right now, there, there are no plans for an expanded postseason this year, but that, that could change. Who the, 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 one of the words that's, that's, prevalent throughout this whole document and this whole sort of idea of imposing the season is evolving. There, there are things that are evolving in, in, in these, these negotiations. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to try and see if, if it's a possibility, but, but who knows uh, that that's one of those things that there, when there's money attached to it, that's something that you can't really just sort of do on a whim. You have to right. check all the boxes. Otherwise you leave yourself open to uh, to agreements, which you know, is also a possibility still. Uh, teams will open the season with a 30-man active roster, and it'll be reduced to 28 players after two weeks, and then down to 26, which is what they were originally supposed to have it at, uh, for four weeks. So, you know, there, there will be that flexibility. There will be the, um, the ability early on to carry extra arms, extra pitchers, so that you're not burning out your, your bullpens and, and your starters. Yeah, that's a smart move, Joe, because with this three, three-week spring training, a short spring training like this, is, you're going to need some arms to just to protect people. Right, and obviously the, the Indians are, are going to benefit from that, being able to carry uh, extra starters that they have uh, in their, in, with their depth of starting pitching. You know, guys who would normally be waiting 
Callaway at uh, AAA Columbus are now going to be on the roster and, you know, there's the flexibility to use them in the games. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, so their depth comes into play here, you know, their, their, uh, you know, their advantage in talent, you know, should, they should be able to, uh, to use that kind of marshal that to their advantage. There will be a trade deadline. Hoinsey, we, 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 we can't shake the, the, the trade deadline sort of uh, monitoring. Uh, I'm sure depending on what the Indians record is at that time, we, we might hear Francisco Lindor's name pop up, but who, who would want to trade prospects for Francisco Lindor for two weeks worth of, uh, uh, of, of regular season play? But the trade deadline, August 31st, will be the deadline for, for trades. Uh, I guess we probably could see something at, at, at some point. But, you know. It, yeah, I bet there's a move or two. You know, I, I, I bet, you know, these guys, the general managers, just think of the general managers. They've been like. You know, besides trying to get, you know, pulling their hair out, trying to get this thing organized, they've, they've been probably, you know, jonesing to make a deal. So right. something's going to happen, you know. And, and I think, what, Friday? Friday, the, the, the freeze on the roster is, is lifted, yeah. So they're gonna, there's going to be some uh, people flying around here. Well, who's the, who's the kid in, in Kansas City, the closer in Kansas City that we just talked about earlier in the week? Ian, uh, Ian, Ian Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, he – He's a, a a free agent at the end of the year, so he's a candidate for sure to be traded to a, a contending team. Yes, definitely. All right. The to be eligible for the postseason, a player must be added to the major league roster by September fifteenth. So, like those uh, guys, like Daniel Johnson and uh, anybody else, it, they they must be on the roster by the fifteenth in order to be eligible to to play in the post. That, that that only makes sense, I guess. Yeah, that's a good move, and they can't. They kind of have that that move uh, during the regular season. That that date is August thirty first during one hundred and sixty two games. So right. yeah, that, you, you need that to uh, you know so teams aren't just kind of loading up on on the last day of the regular season. Right. Yeah. That's that. Uh, it's almost like that the the hard trade deadline uh, that they saw with Josh Donaldson a couple of years ago. They had to get the trade done before September first in order to have him eligible for the playoffs. Right. All right, teams will be able to carry up to three taxi squad players on the road during the season, but if the team carries uh, three players, one of them has to be a catcher. So, I don't know who's the who's the Indian third catcher right now. Yeah, I, um, let's see. I couldn't even tell you. If you got Leon. You've got uh, Leon. Perez. Got Perez, and uh, was it the guy in camp? Uh, uh, Cameron Rupp. Was a, was an interesting guy, and and the other guy, whose name you don't even want to go near. Uh, uh, what was his name? He changed his name. Oh, uh, Gungkwang Giligilau. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, is he still on the roster? I, I, if he would be, uh, he uh, he got he sent was, down, but he did. You know, he's still a spring. Tra- I mean, he was a spring training invitee, I think. And yeah, the only guys listed, the only catchers listed on the Indians forty man roster right now. Are Perez and Leon? You got to imagine uh, Gilly Gilau has got to be coming up uh, for for at least this training camp. And Cameron Rupp, who uh, is a kind of a veteran guy that was in camp, uh, he was catching uh, Plutko uh, during those, you know, during the break here uh, when the season was shut down. He he might be a candidate. Right. As as far as uh, listed, I'm, I'm looking right now on. Uh, baseball reference, they have a, a good list of catchers. And uh, Bo Taylor, 
Paul Taylor. Um, Gavin Collins and Gunquang Giligilau are the three non-roster invitees listed under catchers uh, that were in camp. So got to imagine all those guys are going to be coming to Cleveland at, at some point to, to get through this. Yeah, training. I mean, I would think they'll all be in camp because, you know, if all these pitchers are pitching, you got to have catchers to catch them. Right. All right. Uh, moving on through these new rules, uh, teams will be uh, during extra inning games in the regular season. Here's the one that's uh, that's got people's heads exploding right now. <laughs> extra inning games. Uh, I, I'm used to this because I played rec softball for years, so this is the way that we decided games in, in rec league softball. Uh, each half inning will begin with a runner on second base. The batter who made the final out in the previous inning or a pinch runner for that batter would be the runner at second. So your uh, your your last out, your your last batted out is your your runner at second base in the top of the tenth inning, and that's how they're going to try and uh, speed extra inning games along. You know, I saw them do this, Joe, a couple of years ago in spring training. I saw the Indians do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were kind of easing that rule in, and they only did it once, and, and not too many people talked about it. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was interesting. And uh, I guess, you know, it's a way to save arms, you know, save, you know, keep the players healthy, and uh, especially after a short, you know, short, short training camp. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'd necessarily like to see it, you know, <laughs> incorporated as a, you know, as a, a legit rule, but I guess in – in this uh, situation, you can test it out and see, uh, you know, what the uh, what the what the feedback is. Right, and you know the the guys that it really puts at a disadvantage are the relievers who are coming in, and who you know a, a closer or a uh, a late inning guy who goes out there. He didn't put that runner at second base. That that runner is going to be charged to him if he scores, and that that that's not fair statistically. That, yeah, well, you know, Joe, I read something about that, and that would not – that pitcher would not be charged with an earned run if that guy scores. They would score the run like the guy reached base on an error. So oh. it would be an unearned run, or I don't know if it would be charged to the team or the player, but it would be scored a run, you know, as if the guy reached on an error. Right. You'd look through the books, and there would be a phantom, you know, run out there that, that you, know, you know, don't know how it got there, and it's like, oh, yeah, this rule. But uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, what do you think the uh, the reaction from the the old school guys is going to be if they didn't like having uh, having to limit the number of pitchers, uh, number of batters a, a reliever had to face uh, when he came in at the beginning of the season? Uh, what are they going to think about you know going to the beer league softball uh, extra innings sort of format? Yeah, I do not. I do not think this is going to go over well with uh, you know the traditionalist. Um, you know, I, I, and I, you know, this was one of, I think this was one of the things Manfred was kicking around to, to, uh, you know, pick up pace of play and, you know, and, but, you know, if you, you know, if you ask a, a manager in his heart of hearts, you know, if he's sitting there in the 12th inning, uh, you know, in a getaway day and he's got a four game series against the, uh, the Yankees coming up, uh, you know, and, are you really going to play? Do you really want to go to 18 innings against the Royals to, uh, to uh, you know, and blow out your bullpen? And, you know, so it has some advantages, you know, and you, but, you know, it's not, it's not baseball the way, you know, you know, 99.9% of the people are used to seeing it. Right. And, and at least it's not as bad as it could be. It could be, I, I've, I've seen and been around 
and a lot of these uh, travel baseball leagues and tournaments have the the Texas shootout. I don't know if you've heard of this one. No. Where they start with a runner on second base, but every batter who comes up in that inning comes up with a three-two count, and you get basically you get one pitch, and if it's a ball, the kid walks, and if it's a strike and he, it's a called strike, he's out, and you could load the bases in two pitches, and the game the game gets over pretty quickly in in that in that regard. But uh, yeah, it's called the Texas Shootout uh, format to to decide extra innings, and uh, yeah, I it, it, like I said, if if putting a runner on second base is bad, at least these guys are pros and they can get out of that situation. Uh, doing a Texas Shootout would be nearly impossible to get out of. So yeah, I don't think, think so. about that. All right, moving on. Uh, there will be a ten day injured list for both pitchers and hitters though the 60-day injured list will be reduced to a 45-day injured list. So if you're on the 60-day injured list, your, your season's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, it was going to be, what, 15 for pitchers this, this year, right? Right, uh, right. Because they were changing it because they thought teams were manipulating that. Uh, and they know, were. They were not definitely manipulating that. But uh, now, so it goes back to, uh, you know, 10 games – or t- yeah, ten games for ten both day- pitchers and hitters. Games? Ten days. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Short season. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that that kind of thing makes sense to reduce yeah, it to sense. reduce the sixty day to a forty five day makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there will be a separate injured list for players who either test positive or have symptoms or confirmed exposure to COVID nineteen, and there's no maximum or minimum days on that injured list. So if you need to move a guy off the active roster because of COVID-19 it's it's not it, it, that's a sort of an open-ended thing yeah that's yeah that's uh, that's kind of that's a, I, you know gosh that's that makes a lot of sense you know, because obviously there's going to be some people that that test positive you know it just you can't get this you just can't keep going through 60 games and, and nobody tests positive we saw that you know over the weekend last weekend when they had to close all the spring training camps again who, uh, who, off the top of your, if you had to guess, off the top of your head, who would be the first Indians player to, to test positive, uh, and, and 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 separate from that, who would be the worst, or who would be the most uh, damaging Indians player to uh, to test positive if, if they oh, couldn't boy. afford to lose somebody? I'd say Lindor. Lindor. <laughs> if, if I think Lindor. Test. I think Lindor for both cases. I, I think he's he's probably one of the more likely ones to do it to to, to test positive. I hope not, but, uh, but yeah. But yeah, losing him for 14 days would be devastating. Yeah, that would not be good. Uh, in addition to COVID testing every other day, there are several other health pro- uh, protocols which are, are, are going to be undertaken here. And we've, these were the ones that sort of leaked out after the 67-page the document came out earlier last month. Uh, team personnel and players are not likely – the, the ones that are not likely to, to participate in the game will be sitting in the stands or another area designated by the club. So uh, that'll be interesting to see, see the, yeah. you know, the, the other starting pitchers just sitting six feet apart in the stands, watching the game. Uh, doing yeah, cro- sit, doing yeah, crosswords. What? The best seat in the house. Uh, I mean, geez. Uh, the, uh, the non-playing personnel will wear masks in the dugout and the bullpen at all times. So, Terry Francona will be managing with a mask on 
uh, every game. And that's <laughs> what is he going to do with the, the bubble gum? Uh, I don't know. I, that's that's going to be. <laughs> he's going to he's going to have a hole in the mask so he can pop a, keep popping the uh, double the bubble in there. <laughs> but that's the next thing is no spitting or chewing tobacco. Gum is permitted. So Tito will at least have his uh, what's the what's the is double bubble? Is that what his uh, yeah, his brand yeah. choice is? So he'll have his his chewing gum, but uh, no tobacco, no spitting in, in the dugout. We'd already heard about that, and no celebratory contact, no high fives, fist bumps, or hugs. So you know, Carlos Santana launches the game winning home run to send the Indians back to the World Series, and he rounds the bases, <laughs> and everybody's standing there and tipping their cap to him, and not touching him, not slapping him on the head, not. Uh, not hugging him or high fiving him. Uh, I can't imagine that being the case. Yeah. <laughs> How is this going to work? I can't. That's that is just going to be a ridiculous scene. It's it's uh it's asking. I think you know emotionally, it, it just seems like you, you can't. You I mean that's just part of the game, and I I don't know how you control that to uh, you know a hundred percent of the time. Are they going to have a like a get back guy like the, uh, the the football teams have on the on the sideline? Oh, they have yeah. a coach whose whose only job is to go up and down the sideline and tell the guys get back, get back, so that they don't get a penalty for <laughs> yeah, yeah. for uh, being too close to the field. They're going to have yeah. a, a get back guy to 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 swallow, uh, to follow the the players around. No uh, high fives, no hand slaps, no anything. I I can't imagine that. But maybe a smart team does something like that, so they're not the first team to get penalized. Sure, or their guys stay healthy, you know? So. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess being penalized would be the secondary effect of that. And, you know, getting the disease would be the worst part. I heard so, these guys might be able to take showers, though, at the ballpark. Oh, Did you, did you hear wow. that, that, that they weren't I, able to? It, well, originally the, the first draft of this document said that the players were encouraged uh, on the road and at home to dress it, you know, dress in their, their, their quarters, come to the ballpark dressed, and then leave immediately after and not shower and shower at home. So, or, or at their hotel rooms. I, I wow, that's, that's a lot. That's asking a lot, especially the way these guys get after, uh, you know, a, a, a dusty, dirty day sliding in the dirt. It, it's, that would be nasty. Just, Awful. I can't imagine that. Definitely. I mean, so, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, this, all these things will, will evolve, you know, is I'm, I'm pretty sh- I would imagine, you know, the protocols will evolve. Uh, maybe they'll loosen up as, as they get deeper into the season and hopefully they, you know, you're not in a hot spot with the virus and, and, uh, you just, and, or you just become used to it, you know, and, and you just adapt and, uh, and, and go on from there. Do we think that, and uh, this is more a medical question than a, a baseball question, but, you know, is this the way that this baseball is going to be next year even? Or can, can we get, is the virus going to be under control enough by March of next year to, to get baseball back to being normal baseball? You know, that's a great question. This, I, I can I can swallow sixty games, you know, one season of, of this kind of baseball. I can handle that if I'm a fan, if I'm, you know, a reporter or whatever. Two seasons of this, I don't know. You know, permanently this, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, I guess it all depends, you know, if, they, if they're able to develop a vaccine and, uh, you know, how, how soon it, it will be. You know, everybody's, they keep talking about September or October, and then other people say, it, it, you know, it won't be until next year. Um, There's a particular reason why they keep talking about September or October. Uh, certain people keep talking about September yeah, or October yeah. as being that, being that case. I, I don't necessarily, uh, I, I don't want the Walmart version of a vaccine if I'm going to be <laughs> taking one. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know, though. It, more, than, more than one season, more than one sort of, you know, 60-game stretch of, of this kind of baseball is going to be really tough for a lot of people to handle. I think so. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Joe. I, um, but, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, I think, you know, just just the ability to get through this year and, and what you learn from this year, what the doctors learn from it, what the players, what the teams, what the league, you know, I, I think that'll benefit and it should, you know, get hopefully have a season as close to normal as you can get next year in 2021 you know that brings up a good point are there going to be things that the Indians can learn about you know themselves or the way that just about their roster the players you know a different way of going about things anything that they can learn from this that could benefit them from down the road you know, operating in a small market like they have like they are what is there any positive that they could spin on it that's a big thing that that Terry Francona always likes to bring up, especially when injuries happen or things like that, is trying to turn a, turn a negative into a positive. This is a pretty big negative. Is there a way that they can turn this season for what it's going to be into uh, something that can benefit them for years to come? It could. I mean, uh, I think probably the focus right now is on how do you turn this into a benefit right now? Mm-hmm. How do you turn it into wins right now? And, um, you know, we saw in 2016 how Francona, you know, shook things up and went to his bullpen and had the bullpen to go to down the stretch and in the postseason. You know, that changed the strategy not only of, of the Indians, but almost every club in baseball. And so you have a guy that that is in an organization that, you know, is forward thinking that, that you know, is, is kind of thinks outside the box. So perhaps they come up with a strategy where they can take uh, advantage of 60 games. And, uh, you know, I think they started that, you know, what, at the end of April when they set a date, you know, at, I think what, at the end of June, we've got to be ready by June, you know, the end of June and lo and behold, uh, you know, spring training is here. And uh, if they, if they, if the players follow those conditions, that conditioning, they should be ready to go. They should, you know, it, it, they won't be hindered by the three-week uh, uh, spring training, the three-week training camp now. All right. Well, the next big question then is that schedule and, and what it's going to look like and, and where it's going to be and, and who we're going to be, who the Indians are going to be playing. Uh, that should come out within the next day or two. I think the, the Players Association has it and is reviewing it right now. And when that announcement is made, uh, where those first games are going to be and and when they're going to be playing in Cleveland and when they're going to be on the road, that should all be coming down the, the pike pretty soon. Uh, we can go over that. I think that's what we'll spend the majority of our, uh, our, our podcast on tomorrow is looking hopefully at the schedule if we get it within the next 24 hours uh, to, to talk about. Uh, 
Hoinsie, you know, what are your, what are your hopes or what are your, your anticipation of, of this, this schedule to come? Well, I think it's going to be, you know, like, like, um, you know, they kind of had a statement yesterday, last night, MLB came out that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to play most of the games in the division. I mean, what, 40 of the 60 games are going to be in the AL Central if you're the Indians. Then, what, 20 in, against the NL Central. Um, you know, I think that, that bodes well for the Indians. You know, the last four, five, six years, they played well in the division. Um, and, it's, you know, and, you know the, the NL Central is a tough – you know, they, they drew a tough opponent, a tough division. You know, uh, St. Louis is on the rise. Milwaukee has been a contender the last couple of years. The Cubs are loaded. Um, you know, you've got Pittsburgh, you know, that it's, it's a little bit down. Uh, and I'm, I'm missing somebody. Uh, St. St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis is, you know, they, they've, uh, you know, they made the postseason last year too. So that's going to, you know, that is going to be uh, a tough, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough, uh, you know, tough road, but, but I'm glad, uh, you know, that they're playing on equal terms as far as the DH is, con- is concerned right now. Right. Yeah. It's going to make, uh, you know, going to those ballparks uh, less of a, you know, something you have to strategize for more of a, just go out there and, and, and play your game and, 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 you know, take care of business. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we'll look forward to the, the release of the schedule, hopefully sometime here soon. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, if it's out, we'll, we'll discuss it then here on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Hoinsie, good to talk to you again and we'll, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks Joe.